to the van life. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so you can know what it's like to really live life on the road. And it's been an absolutely incredible 2022 thanks to you guys who listen here on the podcast. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be sitting where we are. And right now, we are in Panama. Yeah, we're so grateful and we have so many amazing plans for 2023, so we hope that you will subscribe and keep listening because 2023 is going to be the best year for the podcast ever. And the best year ever in general. Come on, guys, get up out of your seats. Let's go. (laughs) I know that their guest today has some really amazing plans for 2023, so we're going to get into a big conversation with Matt and Grace from the Golden Road about their huge plans for some big walks and new adventures in the coming year. But first, let's give an update from the road. Ooh. Beep, 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 beep. Remember when I used to do that noise all the time? <laughs> yeah. All right, so right now we are in Panama. We are chilling on a beach. We've been parked up at this beach for the last couple of days, and we've been just taking in the sun, surfing a lot. Alex even got a surf on. I'm super proud of you. Yeah, I got my surf on, and I also took in way too much sun <laughs> to the point that my face was a boiled lobster. Yeah, it was... It was not funny. Okay, yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, and I even I got burnt. Like, my hands got burnt, which is not normal for me, so the UV index was high. So if you are near the sun, make sure that you put on some sunblock or some zinc on that face of yours because uh, I know that I've been using it a lot, and it's been helping me a ton. I was actually kind of thinking that this entire trip I would be sunburnt and fried, and, like, somehow I've avoided it the entire time, obviously, like, sun safety and things like that, but there's also been so much variety in terms of, like non-beach days and beach days. I also think that you forget the fact that you spend a lot of time out of the sun. In the shade. Well, like, in the shade of the van. Or, like, under the moon shade outside the van. Like, you're not... you're, And when there's, like, trees around, you'll be under the tree. You're not normally, like, sunbathing like you would... It's too hot to lay in the sun. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. I mean, you have the ocean right there. I'm out in the ocean the whole time, like... Swimming around. Yeah, but and... that's different. That Like, I'll go swimming and stuff, but yeah. then I like to, you know, chillax in the shade. Yeah, know? yeah, you do. You do a lot of chillax in the shade. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying this is the reason why you've avoided being sunburned. Fair. <laughs> but we are about to make our way down to Panama City. Our final stop on this 9 and 9 adventure. We left San Diego in the middle of May of 2022, and now we're finally going to be making it to our furthest point south sometime in January. And this adventure has been absolutely epic for us. There's so many things that we didn't see that were going to happen, and we just kind of let the journey take us. And if you guys want to see more of that, make sure to go check out the YouTube channel, FNA Van Life on YouTube. Go ahead and search it, and you'll find us. There's tons of videos about this travel, different playlists for each country that we've been to. And right now, the content is rearing up in uh, Nicaragua right now and Mm. a lot of excitement there really beautiful things um you know alex's mom thought that you know it was a great place to go get murdered (laughs) and yet here we are living to tell the tale yeah and we are about to boogie back to the united states we're going to make our way from panama all the way back up to california really quickly but enough about us let's get into this conversation with matt and grace from the golden road okay so matt and grace we're so excited to have you guys on the podcast today Um, For anybody listening who doesn't know you guys, they should definitely check you out online. I've been loving binging all of your content. I've been following you guys 
since way back when you walked across America. And it's so cool to see your journey and your adventure. So for anybody that doesn't know you, do you want to just kind of bring us all up to date on who you are and what you're doing and what your mission is? Well, first of all, thank you very much. Yep, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grace, I'll let you lead it away. I was going to let you lead it away. <laughs> <laughs> so we are Matt and Grace. We have two dogs, Foxy and Nemo. I feel like that's always important to um, put in there. Um, our adventures kind of started when we decided, like you said, to walk across America. And we walked from California to, or from Huntington Beach, California to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, and then that's kind of how our audience and everything just blew up. And then after that, we knew we wanted to keep traveling. So we bought a short bus and then we gutted out that short bus, turned it into our home. We we're doing us in a bus. We were spending 30 days in each of the 50 states and then in each state helping out nonprofits and stuff. Last winter, we decided that that was not fun. We were so cold. It is not insulated at all. And so that's how we decided that we were not going to be spending winter in the bus again. So we hiked the Colorado Trail this summer. And then we found ourselves in Delaware because we had a um, follower on TikTok tell us, you know, hey, I have a place fully furnished. If you guys want to stay there for winter, it's yours. And we thought, what the heck? Let's take where the wind blows us. And so now we're in Delaware and we are preparing for our next walk across America and we'll be leaving this spring from the border of Canada and Maine going all the way down to Key West, Florida. That's kind of like the cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love the idea of now walking it from north to south. You guys seem that like you did it the opposite way. Most people do it from like east coast to west coast. Uh -huh. uh, you know, what was that kind of like? Take us through like the little bit of the steps through that. Yeah, so we... Uh... Well, when we left, we left in October because our lease was out in our apartment. So prior to our first walk, we sold everything. We sold our cars. We sold all of our stuff. We had like six totes at my parents' house. And we said, all right, the goal is just to walk from Huntington Beach, coast to coast to Myrtle Beach. And we were leaving in October. So everyone was really worried about the winter time. Um, but you, we were far enough south. It got cold in New Mexico. Um, it got cold in Texas a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we walked through, so it was California, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Georgia, South Carolina. And, um, and I think it's also important to say it was not a designated pass. A lot of people would be like, oh, where'd you walk? We literally just put into our phone, into Google Maps, here to here, walking directions and just went for it. So that's how things would change, stuff like that. It was just kind of a random. How many times did Google Maps take you to like a dead end road? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, our, our biggest story with that is we were within our first week of walking and we're trying to get out of uh, Banning. Banning, California. And we went down this road. We were walking four or five miles, hit private property. And I started to freak out a little bit. So Grace took control of, of the Google Maps. She's like, hey, I found an alternate route. And that in that time, it was peak COVID. And we were going to walk through an Indian reservation. And we go up to the Indian reservation. And they're like, hey, there's no way you're getting in here. Well, and Matt kind of walked up. I think he was just kind of in a panic zone. And so he didn't necessarily walk up with the nicest way of approaching. He was just like, hey, we're walking through and we got to get through. We got to go by. And I he also said, got, absolutely not. I also got intimidated because it was a it was kind of a buffer looking lady with sleeve tattoos. <laughs> and I'm freaking out because we got to get this way. We're walking on the I-10. And uh, 
yeah, ultimately we ended up walking on the I-10 California, which is, I mean, Crazy. terrifying. But yeah, I mean, several times Google Maps does not always take you where you want to go. We actually joke and say that now we're adver- advocates for pedestrian rights because there is so many things that could be fixed to be better when it comes to walking or like uh, Route 66. A lot of people don't realize. So we had gone up to Holbrook, Arizona, and we got onto Route 66 thinking, oh, this is going to be like a great frontage road we can walk on. We won't have to walk on the interstate. And Route 66 just randomly stops all the time. So we would be walking and sometimes it would go for a few miles. Sometimes it would be half a mile. And next thing you know, it's just dead end. So we'd have to pick up the car, put over the barbed wire fence, jump over to get onto the interstate. Like there were a lot of times where it was just so just didn't know what was going on. But I suppose that's part of the adventure. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing it with your dogs and you had that little kind of like push trolley thing with probably all of your stuff in it. So yep, yep. hopping a fence with all that stuff sounds like it would not be fun. It was a little challenging. Yeah. There was times where we wished we would have brought backpacks, um, but the cart, the cart was nice for carrying everything. And then for a little teacup, Yorkie Foxy to ride on top of, but yeah. This time I'm lifting some weights prior. That way I'll be a little bit more of a help lifting that <laughs> cart over <laughs> the fence. <laughs> So I saw that this time around, you guys are like really thoroughly planning your route. You've got all these stops along the way that people can come join you and walk for certain sections. And it sounds like it's a much more established route. Like hopefully you won't have to be walking on any interstates or anything like that. After your experiences the first time, is that kind of why you're being way more strategic in the way that you're doing it this time? Um, I think this one's going to be, it's going to have its own challenges, but that the East Coast Greenway, they've got a thousand miles out of their 3,000 miles is bike path, which is awesome. They're they're trying to make the whole thing paved. And I think a good background to say is when we had first completed our first walk across America, we didn't really have any intentions of doing another walk across America. I mean, it's not like we were against doing it, but it wasn't the first thing on our mind. And then we had mm-hmm. found out about the East Coast Greenway and that they're working to make it a 3000 mile paved path. And so then that's how we decided. Cause we were like, as you're saying, you know, it's kind of already all figured out. We don't have to figure much out. So it's going to be so much easier. Like, yeah, we are, um, figuring out things logistically a lot better, but at the same time, it's way less work than it was before because that's all already done. So we actually can do group walks. Whereas last time that wasn't even yeah. feasible. What were what were some of the mental challenges that you guys went through on the first uh, walk? And do you think that you'll encounter those mental challenges again? I think I think the biggest mental challenge that we weren't really expecting was, and it was awesome. It, it, it like wasn't a problem, but it was something we weren't ready to deal with. And when our social media blew up, especially once we got towards the end, we were having so many people stop, which is an awesome thing. You know, we're having so many people stop and we're collecting donations. People are bringing us lunch. People want pictures. It's really cool. But when it's, when it was getting towards the end of a 20 mile day and you've been stopped 30 times in the day and you have the dogs you're trying to take care of, it was a really big mental toll on us, especially towards the end. Um, And we do, we do expect that with this next walk, but it was just kind of a learning process that we had to learn. You know, it's one of those things like people were just so happy to be a part of it, which is what we wanted, but we were kind of burning ourselves out in other areas that by the time it was done, it was like, Whoo, man, I don't, I don't know about that, but it it went from zero to a hundred really quick. I mean, when we started the walk, our 
goal was to raise money for the nonprofit time in a bottle. And yeah, we wanted to, you know, share our stuff on social media, but our main goal, like, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily, we wanted to, our, we wanted to end with 10,000 followers at the end. Like that was our goal. And we thought that would be amazing. And so the fact that when we hit, we started in October and we hit January and we decided to post a couple things on TikTok and that blew up. It went from, oh, let's hope to hit 10,000 to holy crap, we're already at 270,000 on TikTok. I mean, like it was instant overnight, insane. And so then next thing you know, you have people pulling over on the side of the road, all this stuff. And so we had no time to even try to process like what was going on. I mean, our whole, whole world's changed immediately. I, I think the one moment that sticks out to me being the hardest was all that happened. And we found we found our dog Nemo in Arizona. And, you know, we did all the right things. We took her to the vet to make sure she wasn't microchipped. We checked the missing boards, left our number, left, our, fo- look for- left our phone number. And we didn't hear anything until everything happened in Oklahoma three months later. And we had people saying that we stole Nemo hey, you stole my mom's, you stole my mom's dog. Um, And it was, it was just so hard because Nemo had been with us for three months, you know, and like all these great things are happening. Then all of a sudden they said they were going to have someone, one of their brother-in-laws come pick Nemo up in a semi-truck on a semi-truck route. And it was just so hard. I remember Grace the day after she disassociates with, so she thought we were going to have to give Nemo back and she completely disassociated with <laughs> Nemo. I mean, she wasn't talking to her. She wasn't looking at it, which is kind of a reasonable response. But I'm like, Hey, you know, Nemo's still our dog right now. And man, those four or five days of, you know, finally we got to keep Nemo, but those four or five days were brutal mentally for us. Sorry, hold on. Nemo hears us saying her name, so she's trying to get into Yeah, Paco is doing the same thing. He's like, now that you're talking to somebody, I would like attention and a food and a bone. And like- <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look you. We locked ourselves in the closet to try and keep them away. <laughs> They're like scratching at the door. Like, Yes, exactly. She's like, why are you talking about us? Okay, hi, Nemo. Just lay down then. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I love that motivational message. Keep being strong. <laughs> we talk to them like they're our humans. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they learn the best, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Um, where were we? That's okay. So obviously the walk had its challenges, right? Like all this newfound fame and all these people, but you had this really good underlying mission of raising funds for time in a bottle. Do you want to kind of talk about that organization and how much you raised for them by the end of the walk? Because probably that wouldn't have happened or like the amount of money that you raised for them wouldn't have been possible if all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. We saw a I mean, most of the funds that we raised was in that last three months. And that was kind of something that kept us with even though we are feeling overwhelmed and stuff. We're like, okay, we know this is good. Like, this is what we wanted. It's just, you know, happened crazier than we thought it was going to. But we ended up raising really close to $100,000 for Time in a Bottle. And Time in a Bottle is a nonprofit that my mom actually started. Um, My brother had cancer when he was 11. He's okay now. Um, But she had quit her job and she needed, well, she didn't have a job and she needed to find a way to be able to save up money, have money, but go to all the appointments with my brother. And so she started cleaning homes. And once um, my brother was okay, you know, she had all these homes she was still doing. So she started her cleaning company, but then she wanted to find a way to give back to everybody who had helped out our family so much. And she realized, you know, something that people don't really think about is 
having a clean home or like when these kids are going through chemo and stuff and their immune systems are weakened, like they need to have a clean home to come back to. And so she started time in a bottle and they clean homes for children battling life-threatening illnesses for free. They get five free cleans. And so they, the family can choose, you know, when those cleans happen based on what works best for them. And it's just one of those things that you don't really think about as something you need, but it helps so much. And the reason she named it time in a bottle is because time is so important and we all know that, but until you're faced with something like, oh my gosh, I might lose my son or whatever, you you don't you don't really realize how important time is. And the last thing you want to be doing is cleaning your house. And so that's oh, yeah. how she started that. I had goosebumps when you were telling us the story. <laughs> um, I'm very glad that your brother is healthy and doing well now. Yeah, too. Yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing story. And he was able yeah, to he, walk with us for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, they're gonna walk with you, you said? He he walked. He was able to come and walk with us from um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, to Amarillo, Texas. Wow! And so that was a- cool because he was the reason that Time in a Bottle started, and now seeing that he's okay and was able to walk with us was really awesome. That's amazing. That is that's absolutely incredible. I agree. Time is like the most important thing that we could all have, and I think that's a big reason why a lot of us become nomadic because we realize that we want to see a lot of different places and do a lot of different things and impact a bunch of people's lives. And you don't have a lot of time to do that if you're stuck in an office most of the day. Absolutely. Well, I guess the first question is, are you going to be supporting Time in a Bottle again on this next walk? Um, and, you know, how can people help with that if you are? Yeah, so this this upcoming walk, we really wanted, we were thinking about all, you know, all the things that kind of made make us who we are and kind of we're really appreciative for and you know, one's the outdoors, being able to go out and do adventures. Um, and then two is just being around great people. You know, I, I've had great coaches along the way. We've had great family members. Um, it's super important. So we really wanted to find a nonprofit that helped kids, specifically um, inner city kids, you know, uh, go out and do adventures and be able to experience some things that maybe they normally wouldn't. And we found the perfect nonprofit out of Boston called Elevate Youth. And uh, they do exactly that. They they provide mentorship to kids. They do after school programs. They go on. I think they said they go on one one kind of big adventure, sort of a thing, a month. So you know whether that's skiing or going kayaking, uh, kayaking stuff like that. And so uh, we're just in the beginning stages of talking with them, but we're super excited because you know being able to get outside and go on adventures was it's so important to us it makes us who we are and we know not everyone's able to do that so for kids who might not ever have that chance um it's super cool and it also you know the outdoors just teaches you so much about yourself that if you're not given that opportunity you might not ever find it out so we're super excited to be helping out with elevate youth we're actually going to try to do kind of like a group walk in boston because the east coast greenway goes right through boston so try to get all the kids and, you know, walk four or five miles on the bike path and it should be cool. That'd be amazing. What, uh, speaking of like nature and getting out there, what are some of the things that doing this walk and or doing the activities outdoors, what has what it taught you guys? That's a really good question. Let me just think about um, for, <laughs> I, I think I think for me personally, and the reason the reason that I like walking so much, and I think Grace too is, the biggest thing is just the present mindedness that it gives yeah. you, you know, when, when we're going throughout our day to day life, no matter what you're doing, you know, whether you're a nomad or you're working a nine to five, it's kind of easy to get 
carried away day to day. And by the time you look at it, a month went by and, you know, you're not sure what happened with it. Walking, specifically walking outside just allows you to be in the moment and allows you to take in so many different things. Um, you know, we get we get to see so many different places that we never would have seen. And compared to driving by when you're walking, you're in taking so many different things that you would have missed, you know. So for me, it's just being able to practice the present mindedness and just kind of being there in the moment. For me, I, I've always been someone who like really suppresses my emotions and I don't really like to come to terms with things and being outside and going on adventures and going on walking. I think it ties in with what Matt is saying and, you know, taking the time to kind of slow down. It's really changed me in the sense of just being able to reflect on who I am and why am I feeling these things and what do these different emotions mean and how can I handle them? And what does that mean when it comes to talking with people or setting boundaries or, you know, so many things that maybe when you're just, when I was living in the city or in college, or I'm just kind of people pleasing or just doing what I think is all the right things. Whereas when I'm on these adventures and stuff, it allows me to just kind of reflect in on who I am and what's really important to me. And I think that is what a lot of people really find when they're outside and going on adventures is who are they personally mm-hmm. I love that and I feel like these really 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 long walks give you a lot of time to think about things mm-hmm. like that <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's exactly what like you know snowboarding does for me or being out in the surf does for me it allows me to really be present and I think that's like the most important thing that we could do with our time in our lives is be present even when we're just talking to others being able to give like our full undivided attention, you know, and be in that moment with those people, you know, it speaks volumes, not only to them, but to who you are as a person. So yeah, I think it's kind of hitting it right on the head. And, you know, I think there's a progression of travel too. like a lot of people fly nowadays, but flying takes away from the aspect of, you know, takes away from seeing more things because you're above everything and you're not even actually seeing the culture around where driving gives you an opportunity to see the culture and stop a little bit. But walking is even more in depth of like really getting into it. And like, no matter what's happening, you're at the will and bay of like other people and if they're going to be, you know, good to you or not. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's talk about what your lives looked like before you started the through hikes and the walk across America, because I mean, obviously you were doing something totally different. And now because of, you know, the explosion of your social media channels and things like that, you have the opportunity to live kind of a different uh, structure of life. So Mm -hmm. what were you guys doing before this all happened? So beforehand, so Grace and I didn't know each other at all. We actually met at our best friend's wedding. Um, I was the best man. Grace was the maid of honor. We were both (laughs) dating other people. Um, I had just gotten back from, I was backpacking over in Asia, which is kind of what gave me my travel bug. And so I had been back for a couple months and Grace got her travel bug from semester at sea, which she did in college, um, which is, you want to explain semester at sea? Yeah. So semester at sea is a study abroad program, but you're on a ship. And so you take your class, like when you're at sea is when you're doing your classes and stuff. And then when you're in port, you have, you know, a week or three, four days to go out and just explore that country. And then you get back onto the ship and then you take your tests and stuff all in the class. So it's studying abroad, but getting to see a whole bunch of things. But uh, 
and this is going to be a little bit of a story. Hopefully that's okay. Um, <laughs> but, that's uh, what the podcast is yeah. for. All right. But uh, so I knew, I knew at the wedding, like the first day I saw Grace and I was kind of hanging out with her, talking with her. I was like, man, the girl I'm with right now is not the one. I, I knew that. I didn't know I was going to, I didn't know I was going to end up with Grace, but I knew that much. Um, the wedding was over. We both parted ways. I broke up with my girlfriend the first day I got back. She was pretty pissed off about that. Um, she was like, why did you just invite me to a wedding? Now you're breaking up with me. I was like, yeah. Um, but my buddy, my buddy had just moved to California to, to coach basketball and I had played college basketball with him and we always had the dream of coaching together. So, you know, I, I was kind of doing my own handyman business in Idaho and I was like, Hey dude, I'll come. I'll come move down there to California and, you know, substitute teach and coach basketball with you. Um, but the day, the day after I broke up with my girlfriend, I was, I was praying to God, God, please give me a sign that grace is still thinking about me. Uh, not, not even an hour later, grace texted me saying, Hey, did you make it home safe? And I was like, I'm in man, I got a chance here. And I said, Hey, listen, I, I know you're with a, another dude right now, but I think not, not only was I with another dude, I had, we were in, so I went, I had just graduated from college in Nebraska. And so I was living in Nebraska, but the wedding was in Washington. And I also brought the guy I was dating to Washington, but my brother lives in Portland, Oregon. And so I was like, Hey, since we're over here, I would love for you to meet my brother. So I had just met Matt, which actually the other guy was also Matt, so it's confusing, but I had just met Matt. And so I was like thinking about that, but I had already planned for me and the other guy were going to Portland to visit my brother. And so I'm now introducing this guy to my brother that I actually don't think that I want to be with anymore. And so it was this whole other thing going on. But I, I, and I knew I, I didn't want to overstep any boundaries. I hadn't thus far, but at the same time, I, I knew, you know, when you know, you know. And so I said, Hey, listen, I've, I've wrote you a letter that kind of tells you how I'm feeling. Um, I've, and then I ended up writing some poems and then I said, when can I see you? And she said, what do you mean? When can you see me? And I, she says, she says, I'll be, she's like, I'm getting back on from Portland. Nemo. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm getting back from Portland to Iowa. She's like, if you want to see me, if you want to see me, um, you can then. I said, okay, what airport? And she told me Des Moines. I said, okay, and how long can I stay there for? And she told me how long. And I said, okay, I just bought my plane ticket. Most money I've ever spent on anything. I did it right away. Um, I flew to Iowa. I, I kissed her right away. And that day I told her I loved her. We made our social media page, The Golden Road, because... I felt that when we met, you know, it was kind of like, it's just a golden road. You know, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean the road's always perfect, but when I'm with, when I'm with her, it's golden to us, you know, it's, and so we made our social media page. I said, Hey, listen, I'm moving to California. I know this is a lot right now, but I need you to move to California too. And we can get this thing rolling. We're meant to be together. I'm going to marry you one day. And so that was a lot. That, that was a lot for her at one time. So I give her a lot of props. I mean, she, she was getting out of, she was getting out of that relationship was, which was sticky, but she was getting out of that. She was getting out of her, she had to get out of her apartment and you know, her parents, which I, not, I hold on, not just get out. Of apartment. <laughs> I was living in a house. And at this time I was not living the minimalistic lifestyle I was living now. I was very much so 
consumerism, buying things that I did not need to buy to fill some sort of void. And boy, oh boy, did I have a lot of things that I had to get rid of. I mean, I, we, Matt and I met in August. I can't remember the date, like middle of August. August uh, 7th. Regardless, yeah, but we had met and I moved down to California by October. Um, I forget October 19th. So that was a quick two month turnaround from the time that I had met him to getting rid of everything, getting ready to go. Like it was a lot. And not to mention the guy that I had broken up with was not really handling the information well. So there was so many things coming at us from so many different angles, basically saying like, it's one of those things where a lot of people maybe would have thought, Oh, this isn't going to work. It isn't going to work. But like Matt was saying, it was just one of those things, you know, you just, we just knew and you just, we just went for it because we knew it was going to be good. Yeah. And in Grace's parents at the time, obviously I can see the concern there. Wait, you met this dude at a wedding and now you're going to move to California, which at the time they didn't know we were going to move in together either. They thought we were getting separate places, but I'm like, Hey, financially that doesn't make sense. And if I'm going to marry you, which I know I am, why are we doing that? If it was up to Matt, he would have done it right away. And I was like, my dad, it will actually have a heart attack. If you ask him, if you can marry me after you have known me for not even a month, let's just give him a little bit of time. <laughs> so, so anyways, I, Grace came down in October and, and this whole time she was doing her, uh, what marketing, what's the, uh, as a public relations manager, pub- I, w- I went to school for advertising and public relations. And so she was able to work online, which was awesome. I was, I was coaching basketball. And then I was doing a student relations license at elementary school. So, you know, disciplining little kids, making sure they don't fight lunch detention, which I really enjoyed. And I kind of miss, um, but I would also like to say fun fact about Matt and his background. He was also a wildland firefighter. I think that's cool. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but it was, we were only in the apartment for like three months. It was then January and I was reading the book um, to shake the sleeping self. to shake the sleeping self by Jedediah Jenkins, and he bicycled from Oregon down to South America. And in the first couple ch- chapters, it talked about how his parents were one of the first people to have their walk across America. It was recorded by National Geographic, or National Geographic did kind of a thing on them. And I was like, man, that would be so cool for us to walk across the United States and just like document it from our eyes. Because the cool thing about any adventure is it's always different. You know, everyone's going to have their own experiences. It's always different on how you, you know, kind of deliver whatever messages you want to deliver in your journey. And so we decided I, the next morning I woke up before work, it was like seven in the morning. I woke Grace up and I said, Hey, would you ever consider walking across the United States? And she was like, what? And she's like, I'm not even awake. I'm obviously going to have to think about that. And I was like, okay, but I think, I think this is going to work. And I got home and she had a whole notebook. Um, She was watching YouTube videos, reading anything she could. And she's like, I got all this information. And then that's when we decided, Hey, we need a, we need a bigger purpose than us just to walk, you know, like that's fine. But if we have something bigger than ourselves, that's even more powerful, which is why we chose time in a bottle. And then uh, COVID hit in March and everyone was really concerned that we weren't going to walk still, but we're like, we're just going to be walking outside. That's no problem. You know, we're, we're, especially, especially at the beginning, I mean, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, it was all pretty rural. So we weren't worried about it. Um, And then that kind of takes us to selling all of our stuff and starting our walk. 
but yeah, little little jumbled mess there for you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was a great story, and it's amazing how you guys met, and it's like true love. You know, you you've entered into this thing. You know, obviously, it seems like Matt, you're more of like a spur of the moment. Like when you know, you know, you're ready to do stuff right off the rip. And then mm-hmm. for you, Grace, you kind of seem like you need to plan a little bit. So yes was there? And no, I like. It was more of a, I never in a million years had even kind of thought about walking across America. So I needed to plan in that sense, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you think I'm someone who needs to plan? Um, bigger things. You think? To a degree you need. I think I sometimes can be too, like when it comes to me being spontaneous, I can sometimes just go for it without planning too much. Sometimes I'm like either, or I either plan a lot or, Hey, maybe you need to put some more thought into this instead of just going for it. Which is smart. Generally, that's yeah, high. yeah. Like, that would be definitely more of the planner of the two of us. That doesn't mean that she doesn't just jump into things with right, me, right? Yeah, um, because she definitely does. But it's definitely it's a good thing to have like that that balance between yeah, the two. Absolutely. Sometimes you jump into things too quick, and then maybe it doesn't turn out. Nothing ever turns out exactly how you want it to, but it might not turn out as good if you didn't have like okay. We know we're going to go from like here to here, like some type of plan. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I really thinking about that, 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 that's a good point. I'm now I'm not sure if I'm a planner <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'm going to have to really think about that one. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. So maybe just like logistically speaking, speaking of planning, cause my brain automatically <laughs> goes to like figuring this out. So you've done a lot of like through hikes as well. And so there's different things that you have to plan for the through hikes, like getting your packages of supplies and things like that. Um, so what are kind of like the biggest differences between these like great big walks across the country and doing something like the Colorado Trail? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you first off, our our biggest, it wasn't a mistake. It was just something we had to learn. Um, but our diet on our first walk across America was terrible. It was, it was horrendous. And we now look back at photo. We look back at photos during our walk and, and we think about how we felt and it was terrible. You know, Grace has all these allergies, but when we were faced and, you know, sometimes it wasn't, we didn't plan as far as shipping packages at that point. So like New Mexico was a lot of dollar generals, you know, what are you going to get at dollar general gas stations? What are you going to get there? And, then you get to the south, and man, you are eat, you are eating you are eating some bad food for the whole duration of the walk. And really, that kind of walking where you're just road walking, you're not really burning as much calories as you'd think compared to like the Colorado Trail. You're burning a ton of calories. I mean, you're you can't eat enough food. Um, so I we're still kind of figuring that part out right now. We're, you know, we're trying to get some different food sponsors and stuff like that. So we have some meals to choose from. Um, but we definitely can't eat the same way we did there. And then kind of linking back to your question, the Colorado trail, a lot of people actually don't do the resupply boxes. If you, if you don't have dietary restrictions, you know, you can do the same kind of thing we did and you can, you can get into a town and you can stock up on jerky and ramen and candy, which a lot of people do. But but for grace, we had to have gluten-free dairy free, you know, we're trying, we were trying not to eat meat. So we're trying to get plant-based food. So it was really important. We did the resupply boxes but yeah, everything's different on this next walk. We're not sure what we're going to do yet. It's going to be easy to ship stuff to post offices, much easier, but it's just a matter of what 
I don't know. There's going to be more food options since there's going to be so many bigger cities and towns we go through. Yeah, you don't have to plan your water and stuff. Or even, I mean, in each walk, it's it's like so, kind of hard to answer that question because every single one really is so different. I think also from a through hike, you know, going through the mountains of like Colorado Trail has way more resources than a lot of other of the through hikes have because there's all the mountain springs and stuff. So you don't have to worry about stuff as much um, like water, for example. But on our first walk across America, we had a stretch throughout the desert where we had to go prior and bury food and water because there was 80 miles through the desert where there was absolutely nothing. But we won't have to do that on this walk. So it's like every single walk is honestly so different. And so it's I don't know. Biggest takeaway is just not eating like we did on our first walk. Yeah. No Dollar Generals. <laughs> um, you know, a even lot less fried chicken. Yeah. yeah, we were going to Brahms like it was nobody's business. I mean, we were getting those little chicken baskets. It was. We were getting PJ's good. fresh pizza, energy drink. Oh, you want another energy drink? Yeah, might as well. Let's get hyped up. It's thirty degrees outside. Oh, time for another drink. Let's have fifteen you of want, this high fructose you want, corn syrup. <laughs> you want some candy? Oh, someone's stopping on the side of the road and they've got mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff from Dollar General. Okay, we'll eat that. There's and, a pecan wow. pie. How about you eat that? Like literally, just so much food. I had to buy larger pants on our walk across America. That's how much food we were eating. Like, we are not kidding when we say we ate like trash. <laughs> wow, that's surprising. Yeah, you yeah. Think you're burning so many calories. You're walking so much. Like, you'd be no. losing weight. But <laughs> yeah, guess- no. That kind of leads me to my next question. All that fried chicken and soda drinks and all these things, <laughs> they don't come cheap. So did you guys have like a big budget planned out for this trip or like how did you fund the first walk yeah yeah so again we had sold everything so like we didn't have our cars anymore we didn't have anything and so that was really our our biggest and then um we had the first part of the walk we at first matt was a little stressed out when we first started because when we were going through california like especially um through anaheim and places like that we didn't feel comfortable stealth camping and so we were getting hotels and so we were kind of like oh you know i don't know we're only in the first month how is this going to blow our budget um but then we did a lot of um just you know normal or like camping on the side of the that shouldn't say normal but camping on the side of the road um and then um when our social media blew up in January, honestly, we were just so blessed that so many people would just show up and say, Hey, I booked you a hotel 10 miles down or here's food. We, we ended up not spending nearly as much. I mean, we had so much money saved even because people helped us so much. And it, and it was awesome too, because so we, we had started a Patreon, which we were going to use to fund our trip but we were getting so much help that we used all the money from Patreon and donated it to Time in a Bottle. That's which how much help people were helping us out, which was which was really cool. And at that time, our Patreon was at like two thousand a month, which was amazing that we were able to give all that straight to Time yeah. in a Bottle. And then again with staying, like yeah, we had hotels here and there, but then we even had you know hotel managers would let us stay places. Like for example, we got stuck in Russellville, Arkansas, for a freak snowstorm. For 10 days the manager let us stay there for free the entire 10 days which is insane she wouldn't let us shove like i tried to shovel the parking lot she won't let us do anything and that was like there was just so much kindness and that honestly really helped us yeah so oh huge, huge i mean sleeping in people's yards churches yeah i mean people people helped us so i mean so much i mean we wouldn't have been able to do like i think we would have got done but you know the fact that we were able to say 
hey, you know, we didn't spend as much money as we thought we can get a short bus and renovate it. That wouldn't have happened if people wouldn't have helped us out the way yeah. that they did, uh, which was super cool. It, it was truly a it takes a village thing that we did not even kind of expect it to be the way that it was. It was amazing. Yeah, the beauty and the power of people, like how kind people truly are once you're really out there and they're right in front of you. And if you're yeah, doing something for the greater good, you know, people are going to be there for you. And it really shows, you know, and move, moving into like the whole bus situation. How long did it take for you guys to, to move into the bus? Like what was the conversion like for you guys? And what was the thought process on building out a bus instead of just going back into, you know, a normal home? Well, we knew for sure we, even before we started our walk, we had always wanted to like go into a van or something. So it was never in our ideas to go back into like getting an apartment or anything. Um, and then we were thinking we were going to do a van and we had some friends um, pull over on the side of the road one day when we were walking and they made us food and we went in there and with our dogs and Matt's six, four, and it was just way too small for how big we are. And so that's how we decided we were going to do a bus. Um, and then we bought that. So we, ended May 2nd. And then we went back to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is where I'm from. And we found a bus like, I don't know, 15 days later. And then we bought the bus, gutted it all out, took it to South Carolina, where we had met some friends on our first walk who were willing to help us out with putting our rooftop deck on and raising the inside of the roof. And so we went there, we were in South Carolina till the end of June, uh, July, July, and then we drove all the way over to Boise, Idaho, which is where Matt's from. We were at his parents' house, finishing out the rest of the inside, and so we bought the bus end of May, completely finished it beginning of October, and started living in it in October, and then we're in it full time until we moved here in October. So a well, year, the bus is still in the driveway or something. I'm sure. Yes, yeah, that's still what. That's, that's our, still that's our, our home. Main, that's our main transportation as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we. Bikes. I mean, every every time we every time we get in the bus, we're like, man, like we're we're so appreciative that we made the decision. We we needed to make the decision to be a little bit more stable with our upcoming walk. But man, you you we look at our bus and it's like we wish we were just back in there, you know, kind of bopping around to Cracker Barrels and. Yeah, it actually took us. We when we first moved into this apartment, um, we, October. On, yeah, we. We were excited, but at the same time, we kind of instantly got sad too, because it was just kind of a, whoa, what are we doing? Why are we stationary? Like, this is not who we are. And it actually took us probably two months to, yeah, two months to adjust to even being here and kind of accepting that we were going to slow down and, you know, just be stationary for a little bit and it just being our best decision financially and preparing for our next trip. But it's it was really hard at first because we do love to always be on the go and we do love our bus. But and while we can still love our bus, our biggest issue with it is a the roof leaks because we have a eight foot acrylic glass top, which is so amazing, but it does not it leaks when it rains. And so that was our first issue. And because we have that glass top and all our original windows in a giant glass door, when it gets cold at all, it is also very cold inside. So in the winter is just not insulated at all. Yeah. And I, I think that's something I, again, life's about learning. You, you learn as you go, but I, I look back at it and I, I, for some reason felt so rushed with the bus. It was obviously all, all new stuff. And Go ahead. I, I have a side note. I think the reason that you felt rushed is because so 
we had finished and, you know, we had all this momentum from our social media that we felt like we had to just like get the bus and get going. Otherwise people weren't going to want to keep following us. And so we just felt this pressure that, oh, since we're at our parents' house, like finishing this, people don't like that or people are upset with it. And we just got so in our heads about it, but that ended up taking away so much from what could have been so different. Yeah. And it was all, it was also really hard too. I mean, because again, so so grateful that we had our parents that, you know, any, if we ever needed to stay there, no problem, you know, like a lot of people don't have that. Um, but you know, after being at my parents' house for two months and we are kind of go, go, go independent people, that was kind of taking a toll on me too. So in the last month, we're kind of rushing through certain things. And again, you know, like really cool what we did, but there's definitely some, definitely some things we would have done differently next go around. Yeah. I think that everybody goes through those growing pains when it comes to building a vehicle. And like you, you see, you see the process like on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, on all these different uh, social medias. And you only see them really like the good stuff. Or like a time lapse. It's like, oh, I built this whole van in 30 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. And it just makes it feel realistically unrealistic, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so I know that even for us, we went through the same thing on a first build, took us six months. This build took us four months and there's still things that we rushed through because we mm-hmm. like set a deadline and we were like, oh, we have to be at this thing to like hopefully grow our social media. It was like a very similar, you know, right. like, and thought process on it where we realize now that none of that really truly matters. Like the people that are there are there for you guys. You right. know, I, I know that we're there watching your TikToks and, and your Instagram, you know, because we we enjoy who you guys are as people you know right back at you yeah and i think that's like the biggest message that we could give to other people is like to forget about rushing to get to somewhere Mm -hmm. and realize that people are are there for you because they just enjoy you well and also too like social media is so fickle right like yeah people start following you because you're doing this walk and then you're not walking anymore and then you lose a lot of people because you're not walking but now you're doing this van thing so maybe you find some new people but now you're not building a van anymore so then maybe you lose Mm -hmm. some people and then yeah so I think it's this, always this dance of like, you know, we've been in like the influencer sphere for like coming on Two three and years, years now. Years. And it's just like, we've really had to take a step back, especially on this trip. Like we're doing nine countries in nine months. And we felt the rush to get here to the rush to drop into Mexico, the rush to like start, you know, getting countries off the list. And like, we got to get through Mexico so we can get to country number two and like, yeah. you know, yeah. all of this stuff. And how, you know, by the time we got to Guatemala, we were feeling so burnt out because it was like, are we doing this for ourselves? Because this is what we want to do with our lives. And, you know, this is a journey that we've talked about doing for years. And now we're finally doing it. Before social media. Yeah. But now, like, all that we're thinking about is like, okay, like, should we go to this place? Like, would a video about this thing do good? Or like, should we go there? And how fast... And it's like more about you're doing it for the people on the internet than you're doing it for yourself. But at the end of the yeah. day, it's your life, yeah. you know? So whether yeah, the people I, on the internet like it or not, who cares? Exactly. I feel like as creators, it, we all like, will tell people, you know, do it for you, do it for you. But then it's so easy to find yourself in this, you know, hamster wheel of, oh my gosh, go, go, go. I have to do that. Like, do people like this? Do people like this? And that's Mm -hmm. just not what's important, but it's, it's, I mean, it's easy to forget because you just, you're trying to, I mean, it's at, 
it's our life, but it's also what you're trying to make your job. And it's like so many different sides of it. And again, even though we're saying these things, it's sometimes hard not to get into that mindset. You sometimes find yourself drifting that way. And you're like, man, I know this isn't the right way of thinking, but here I am. And I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of just a back and forth thing. You just have to find what really grounds you. And again, everything's learning. How can you do the best you can is really, is really the overall thing. And like you said, you know, the people who are following you that truly care about you do not care what you're doing as long as you are happy. And that's something that is just so important to remind. And people will always say, you know, it's not about how big your number is. Like, it's just having those core people who truly care about you. And I think reminding yourself of that consistently and like, Hey, is what you're putting out something that makes you happy? Like, are you proud of it? Like, that's what's important. And it's, it's so easy to forget that, but it's something you have to just like wake up every day and remind yourself, Hey, am I living the life that I want to live? Because it's what I want to live and not because of others. Well, that will totally come through on the camera in the the video that you're making, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in everything that you do in life, if you're doing it with joy and happiness and excitement, and like you could, you'll feel that through the camera. And when you're not, it that comes through as well, you know. So Absolutely. People are gonna people are gonna come and go based on what type of energy you're putting forth into it. You know, if, sure. if it's good energy or if it's not so great energy, it's gonna come back in that comment section. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong? Are you feeling okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this: Like, you guys have dogs. We have a dog. Um, what's it going to be like for the dogs on this next, on this next adventure that you guys are going to go on? Yeah. So the last walk, you know, we started in October and we, and so it was mainly winter walking, which Nemo, we don't know what she is cause she's a rescue, but she's some, has some sort of husky in her. So she loved the winter. Um, and as we ended in May and it was just starting to get warm in South Carolina and stuff, and she was getting hot and, you know, wasn't loving it or like in, when we were on the Colorado trail this summer and we'd have those days where it's get hot, we definitely noticed it took more of a toll on her. And so with us walking in the dead of summer, that is definitely going to be something that we are going to need to put a lot more focus and like be more cautious of, like, we're going to have to start really early in the morning and make sure they have the cooling vests. And it's, we always say this, but it's really important that it's, yeah, it's our walk, but it's mainly Nemo's walk. Like whatever, however Nemo feels is what we do. And then of course we have Foxy as well, but she rides on the cart and in the pouch. So she just is along for the ride. And, and Foxy's got, we actually need to get Nemo one, but Foxy's got a cooling vest. So, you know, when it's 80 degrees outside and she's sitting on top of the car with a cooling vest, she's passed out on her back, just enjoying life. So she'll, <laughs> she'll be good. The cooling vest has actually ruined her. Now when it hits like 73 degrees, she starts panting like, she needs it immediately <laughs> does she give you guys signs like does she like pour at you at all or anything like that when she wants the vest no she really just gets like really dramatic and just yeah. starts panting and acts like it's a hundred degrees and she's gonna pass out right then when it's literally not even 80 degrees but Ooh, she's Nemo, like Nemo really does Yes, exactly. She can be such a drama queen. She's she's 10 years old now, so we're definitely starting to see some of her old lady mannerisms. <laughs> mm. But then Nemo, she she does really well, but we've also it'll be interesting on this walk and I think a lot better because now we know her a lot more and we've been with her for longer, so I think we'll kind of know how to read her signs better and see what, you know, she wants, but honestly, she's a she's a powerhouse. Oh yeah. She just goes. 
That's amazing. Are you guys yeah. going to have the bus like supporting you at all on the walk? Or are you going to be like staying again at like hotels and tent camping along the way? Yep. Yeah. So we're going to do um, unsupported again. So we're going to, we're not sure where we're going to put the bus yet. We had re- one really, really kind um, follower who we actually had met on our first walk who offered to let us park our bus on her property in Arkansas, um, which would be amazing. Um, but it is far away from Maine. So we're still seeing if we can find a better option, but that would be so amazing. Um, again, the power of people, um, but we will be unsupported. So just houses, apartment or not apartments, and- uh, hotels and that's one of the cool things i'm looking forward to too is one of the coolest parts was you know we we got to stay at wineries we stayed in gymnasiums we stayed in churches we stayed at schools we stayed at i mean all sorts of places so now that we're backyards now that we're going to be around so many more people too there's so many more opportunities because like i said the first walk was so much more rural which again we we really enjoyed stealth camping just on the side of the road or hopping a fence that's awesome as well but being able to stay at all these different places and you know even someone's backyard and getting to know people that that's the cool part and then at the same time we never walk through anywhere like new york city or baltimore or anything in dc so that will be really interesting too but we're just gonna we're we're really last time we, you know, would sometimes feel guilty, like if we weren't camping or something like there were these expectations of how the walk was supposed to go. And at the end of the day, again, it's our adventure, like it doesn't matter. Um, but we're really going to take that going into this next walk. You know, if we get offered a hotel to stay at for three days while we're in D.C., heck, yeah, we're going to go explore or, you know, we're just going to go with the wind a lot more on this one and not be stressed out about, you know, the comments to say, why aren't you not in your tent or whatever, you know, because we will tent camp. We will be in uh, hotels. We'll be just doing all kinds of things. Yeah. And that's because it's our trip. And that is like at the forefront of our mind on this one. I think that's beautiful though, to be in the flow of like generosity and to be in the flow mm-hmm. of the people that you're meeting and opportunities that present themselves. We're always like, if somebody offers us a meal or a place or any, like the obvious answer is yes, absolutely. Yeah. You never know what that could lead to a new friendship, a, you know, an opportunity down the road, something like that. So if somebody, you know, wants to be kind and generous to you, I think that's an even cooler part of the adventure than just being like, oh, we're like so committed to being in this tent every single night. Right. Well, and the, the flow is so important with everything. I tell Grace every day, I, you know, just trying to get in the flow you the best you can. But when when good things are happening, you never want to shut them down or good things are going to stop coming your way, you know, and kind of same thing as when good things are happening to you, give back good things as well and just kind of stay in that current and just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Where's where's like the list of places where we could find uh, where you're going to be? Uh, let the audience know so that way they could be able to figure out like if they might want to meet up with you guys and come check you out. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, Matt has been working very hard on our, the website uh, page for the East coast greenway, which will, that isn't live yet, but that will have like all the details on our page. But if you're looking for the exact route of what we'll be walking, if you go to the East coast greenway, I believe it's .org. Um, uh, it's just uh, greenway.org. I believe they have the entire map routed out. It's the exact path that we're going to be following. So you can see everything. And then 
we just posted on our Instagram. Actually, it's a picture with us with the thing of French fries. But if you slide over on those, you can see um, the places where we will be doing group walks from a mile to four miles long. And those are kind of in the major cities. And those are where there's a designated path where it's safe for anybody to come and walk with us. And we and we kind of have like a rough, you know, again, we have a rough estimate of those dates. But, you know, if if we're in the flow of things and we're and we get stuck three three weeks behind that date, that's going to change things. Um, but for people who really want to follow along, we're really consistent with our Instagram stories. So people who are like, "Where are you?" or "I want to know when you're going to be here," that would be the place where once we get actually going on our walk, hey, you're going to know probably a week before we get to Washington D.C. You're going to know a week before we get to uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, kind of a thing for those group walks. Yeah. And then this time also, we are going to be consistent. We have never been consistent with our YouTube, but we're going to be putting out a consistent video every two weeks with all of that information, just the long form video. And then like Matt was saying, we always say our bread and butter is our Instagram stories. And then we will be back to being consistent with TikTok as well for all those. And so we'll just be posting every single day. We, we post live time, like besides YouTube, it's live time. Absolutely where we're at. We just well, not where we sleep. Well, the next morning, but <laughs> yeah. like you could find us, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. I was actually checking out the list earlier today, and I think we nice. might be able to link up with you guys somewhere in New York. So hopefully yes. uh, we can walk a section of the Greenway oh with gosh, you guys. We yeah. think that would be so cool. That'd be sweet. Yes, we have to. It'd be amazing. We get to meet. It's Paco, right? Yeah, yeah, Paco yeah, yeah. He, loves, he loves a nice stroll. I don't know if Paco would be up for like a full day of walking, but he would definitely <laughs> do like five to seven miles. Nice, there you go. Maybe have to be in a backpack. At the yeah, end. <laughs> normally I throw one on and I'll carry him when we're on big hikes. Nice, that's awesome. We would love that. We would absolutely love to meet you in person. By the way, um, okay, I really so, like that picture behind you. Oh, Frank painted it. That's amazing. Wow. wow. Bob Ross. Wow, nice. nice. Love yeah. that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so final question to wrap up the podcast. Um, you know, we're coming to a new year. It's 2023. Obviously, we're all thinking about, you know, something maybe that you want to like burn and get rid of from 2022 that's not serving you anymore and something that you're really excited about you know embracing or taking on or exploring more in 2023 do you have something on your know, mind you're looking at me like no i thought you had something <laughs> no no go ahead. um for for me again i i think i think with the way everything's happened in our journey um i really did get out of the kind of being grounded and being present minded and and really, really feeling my emotions and feeling the energy around me. So I really want to get back to that. Um, stop having so many expectations as far as like, you know, the format of the videos we're putting out, yada, 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 and more so just being in the moment and having fun. I, yeah. I lost that a little bit this last year. Um, and I don't want to do that again. That's a good one. And what are you going to, oh, and that's what you're going forward with. Yeah. Okay, that was kind of a burn and I go. Okay. No, hold on, let me think about one really quick. Give me 20 seconds. I think for a burn for me, I like th this is something that's interesting. 
I think because I don't really like drink a lot of alcohol already or even like with smoke, like we smoke weed, you know, stuff like that. Like we don't do it that often, but I find that when we do do it, like, I don't know, I get kind of out. I, I lose who I am almost, which I never really thought that that was something that like I used to always think, oh, I need a little extra creativity. If I, you know, smoke this joint, I might really feel that. And I, I, I found that I I think that I'm so much better in my mind and who I am and so much more clear and I know everyone says that like oh duh you're more clear when you don't have those things in your body but um I it's really come into my mind in the last couple weeks that I truly do feel just so much more powerful as myself just being I don't know. It just makes me feel more free. And I, I even with, you know, hanging out with friends, I, I used to get kind of not stressed out, but I would think, you know, oh, if I'm going to go hang out with these friends then I'm, I'm going to need a drink because like that will make it more fun or something. And, and I just, I don't know. It was one of those things I never really thought of as an issue because it's, I don't drink that much. And so I thought, oh, that's not a big deal because it's just here and there. But the fact that I have those thoughts in my mind at all tell me that I have some sort of block. And so going forward with 2023, I really want to focus on just like being me and my most natural self and like, whatever that brings me. And does that mean I like, don't hang out with certain friends, or if it changes a certain path in my life, like just being fully accepting to what that is and what that brings for me, because I think that is way more powerful than I ever really realized. Nice. I don't know if that yeah, makes oh, sense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. Honestly, it's great to come to realizations of things that you might have been doing for you know the past however many years for a long time and to mm-hmm. cleanse yourself from things sometimes is is a beautiful thing i know for me you know during this travel i said to myself i'm i'm not going to drink alcohol or smoke any weed or anything like that and mm-hmm. pretty much this whole entire travel i've stuck to that um maybe had a drink here or there the one or two times yes. that we did something terrible happened yeah so oh, no. it, was a, it was like the the universe's way of saying like hey you made this commitment stick to it and i truly yeah. do feel uh way better with myself and um just a lot more like like even when people offer me alcohol i don't want it yeah like yeah I, it's I'll, like i'll use i'll use it as an excuse of like oh uh, i made myself this promise but realistically i don't even want it yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's really cool i think to come to that realization and to realize like oh wow i love who i am without this and like that's okay and that's powerful and i think it's especially in today's day and age and i think it's changing and a lot more people are realizing like oh i don't need these things or i don't want that which makes it you know, easier, but it's also we're in such a society of why aren't you drinking or why aren't you doing this? And sometimes it's kind of a look down thing. But when you can like really stand strong on that, you make not only a huge impact on yourself, but a huge impact on the people around you, whether or not they say it or not. And I think that is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. We like you guys just the way that you are. And we think everybody else will too. So we're going to drop all your links for your socials and things like that down below so that everybody can follow along on your next big hike and hopefully support you. And we're excited to hopefully come walk with you guys. And yeah, we're just so grateful and thankful that you came on the show today. So thanks so much. Thank thanks for so having much. us. We, so we appreciate fun. you. We can't wait to meet you in person and give y'all a big, huge hug. Man, they are just two incredibly wonderful people. I love the causes that they're doing these walks for and just the fact that they're always thinking about beyond themselves. 
Yeah, I think it's really beautiful. I love their love story. I love what they're doing with their big walk and the dogs. And I think it's going to be so great when we get to meet up with them and do a portion of the walk together. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun to actually like get to hang out with. And, you know, you get these like friendships that you have through social media. But once you actually get to meet these people, you know, you get to really figure out who they are and how you guys get along. And I think we're going to get along with these two just great. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. Another thing that 2023 is bringing to the table, and we can't wait to get into that. But right now, it's so dang hot. The last thing that I'm thinking about is going for a 10-mile walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of breaking a sweat in here, not having the fans on. And uh, But we do appreciate you guys listening, and we do appreciate the fact that... Uh, that we get to be where we are. So we are we are very thankful for that. And that's the reason why we have these fans off, so we could chat with you. Yeah, we're so grateful for everybody who listens to the podcast. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you listen and subscribe. It really helps the channel grow. And we've got a lot of good things coming this year, so you're not going to want to miss it. And we hope you have an F&A day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, F&A Van Life. All right. All right.